The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Noi mai hoki mai ki The Fold. E mihi nei, ko Duncan Greve talking My guest today is me. Uh, this is a monopod about the TVNZ Upfronts, which I went to yesterday. Um... This is an event that I, I mean, basically this time of year is really interesting for the, the TV industry more broadly. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a lot goes on. You have Sparta's conference, which is, I think, happening next week. Uh, you have the TV awards. There's a, there are big New Zealand on air funding decisions that sort of tend to shape what gets made. So... And and the upfronts are where the big TV networks in New Zealand get all of their advertisers and media and production companies in a room and announce what they're excited about for next year with a whole bunch of their biggest stars around and their big execs and the... They're telling that story to the, the media agencies who direct millions of dollars in ad spend with the hope that they will get get excited, draw lines between all of their clients and all of these shows and make big commitments that allow the, the, the businesses to sort of operate sustainably. Uh, so in terms of a single bomb of information about both the kind of pop culture entertainment side of the media, but also about like what are the tectonic shifts. You know, I remember I think the first upfronts I ever went to were uh, TV3s, as it was then, then known, in 2014. And that was the year they announced The Bachelor and they had Paul Henry was really prominent and John Campbell was nowhere to be seen. And the following year, you had Campbell Live ultimately cancelled and that big shift towards reality TV was sort of signalled there. And so you can kind of see where a network is heading and which way the wind is blowing through what they emphasise and what they bury at these things. They're also just fun. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of people in a room, a lot of money, a lot of pressure, generally a lot of booze and really good sort of food and there'd be like photo booths and like lolly stands. They're, they're really quite opulent affairs, um, at least they used to be. So in the early years, I remember going to one at the Civic where it was the place was rammed, it, like there was a drummer rose up on a riser through the stage. It was It was more elaborately done than most normal shows you'd go to at the at the civic easy you know you know big chunky well north of six figure budget spent on these things which you can understand because you're trying to get people to part with a lot of money um and you can sort of feel that in the venues the civic obviously uh been to them at the cloud 
the ASB Theatre, Spark Arena was TVNZ's last year. There was three had one at the Northern Club once. They're really trying to tell you a story about how everything's going up and to the right and you want to get in on this is, is the vibe. Um, it's massive for all the executives involved, you know, like it's, this is, you know, yesterday's was hosted by John Campbell and Melissa Stokes. Um, they had, you know, Scotty Morrison and, and Scotty Stevenson and some people who weren't called Scotty involved as well. Uh, but it's easy for them. You know, they, they sort of, they're naturally charismatic. They're used to doing these set pieces, but for the execs that, you know, Brett McElnulty, who's the current acting CEO of TVNZ. You know, Nivark Rogers, who actually has done a lot of on-camera stuff, but she's the acting head of content. You know, uh, Jodie O'Donnell, who's the head of commercial with TVNZ. For them, they have to go out and really sell this thing in a sort of a Steve Jobsian way. Um, and that might not be their natural, uh, you know, mode, but you just got to do it because it's the upfronts. Um, so... Couple of things which really stand out about this year's editions. The first is that right now I'd love to be talking about what threes up fronts were like and contrasting them with TVNZs because you can typically really feel the difference between the networks and where they're heading and the, the sort of the personalities of them come out at times like this. Three is not having an upfront this year. Like Upfronts are on some level, you know, they're for the trade. I've written about them, but they're typically not written about. Um, I find them interesting. A lot of people wouldn't, but, you know, I've just listed off why. But they, they really do matter. You know, they they you're getting clients in a room, you're getting them excited. You've, you've been historically spending a shitload of money on them. To just not do them is a massive signal that, you know, things are things are really tight over there at, at three. I had a three source signal to me that the optics of holding a, a splashy event just wouldn't be right. I think the the organization is hurting and and you know, in the aftermath of the decision to cancel the project, you can you can feel that. Um so that that alone is probably in terms of the the health of New Zealand's media industry more broadly. For a small data point, I think that one is incredibly instructive. So TVNZ is having one, but where was it? It was at TVNZ. And because of that, TVNZ is a pretty amazing venue. I think it might be Warren and Marnie. It was rumoured that it was was meant to be a, a, a mall, but either way, it got a great refit a few years ago. It's got this big high atrium in the middle and... Um, you know, it's a beautiful space, but it's limited in size. So they had to do three upfronts, effectively. Um, if you know, sort of, I think the first roughly targeted media, the second the production community, and the third, the the big spending media people, and that probably means that's when you you get the top shelf out. Um, whereas you know, the 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 media were making do with with croissants and and mimosas. I'm grateful to them. I had one of each, lovely. But um, but the point is that this is just a really pared back affair. It's deliberately so. You just can't be at a time when you're making people redundant or, you know, no one's getting pay rises. You, you, can't, you can't then also be splashing it around, even if that's actually the most logical thing to do to try and 
get um, to get more cash out of advertisers, and that was touched on by Jody, the uh, commercial, you know, the head of commercial with TVNZ, who who did describe. Yeah, normally media is just the last thing they will ever mention is how they're really doing. Right now, no one can pretend. You know, she described it as a tough year. Uh, Brett McElnulty did did the same. You know, John Campbell. He's really good at this stuff. You you almost wouldn't necessarily expect him to be, but he is a consummate pro at at these type of events. He brought it, he brought out a can of Sprite that he'd picked up from the vending machine as a sort of a way of you know he was just did a, a little bit about it in terms of um, that that's the kind of where TVNZ's at right now. Um, so you you do you do learn a lot about the organisation where where it's headed. Um, you know, this this one started with a, a really uh, sustained and really meaningful haka pōwhiri, which was from Western Springs College. Um, Navak Rogers and Scotty Morrison's kids were like were part of it. The thing didn't feel. Sometimes you go and and that type of set piece, it it feels like people just waiting around for it, you know, to be done, or the the organizer is doing it because you sort of you, you have to do it nowadays. It's not like that at TVNZ. TVNZ really has, you know, it has a marae on side. It, it, it really does embrace its, um, its Māori tanga, its Aotearoa tanga is, is very deeply felt within it. You know, that, that it'll be interesting. You know, they talked about being a treaty-centric organisation. So we've got a new government coming in where, which is litigating the treaty. How long will it be able to sustain that position, um, you know, typically TVNZ has been re- very responsive to changes in government. I thought the most stark illustration of that was that with a month after the 2017 election, Mike Hosking was no longer the the host of Seven Sharp, and John Campbell had been hired. Uh, you know, like they're, they're very adept at knowing who their owners are and um, and you know knowing how to read the room. I guess so. Hopefully, TVNZ can sustain this kind of beautiful journey it's on. Be interesting to see uh, what influence, if any, the the new government does have on on that. The fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over four thousand out of home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. So I'm, I'm going to pick through a few just sort of quick, quick notes off the back of it. Um, the first is, is a bit of a critique. T- TVNZ is, you know, it, it, one of the things that it unveiled was Tipairangi, the, the horizon, which is their sort of strategy to become a, a digital first company uh, or organization. I think in general, they're doing pretty well at that. TVNZ Plus is, you know, probably the, the best digital property in terms of both the quality of what it serves and the uh, commercial uh, justification for it. Um, But they 
also, it, they're really all in on just that. You know, there was no mention of renews. Now I'm biased here. My my good friend and former colleague Simon Day leads leads renews. I was I was just expecting him to be part of it. They had an amazing year at the Voyages. That is a a a very small. You know, I think there might be a dozen people their team that is a, you know a big part of like reaching the the sort of eighteen to thirty four audiences that they acknowledge that they're struggling with. Wasn't mentioned at all. Uh, OneNews.co.nz said they've made a huge investment into that. Um, the fact that it's a largely text-based investment is interesting to me. That is, that is duplicative of what else is out there in the market, and they're coming from quite a long way back. On some level, it's reflective of the fact that uh, doing video news in this market is really difficult. That is, video is owned by YouTube, by TikTok. By uh, by Instagram and the economics of news production, which you can see with all the drama at CNN over the last year, in a digital environment, no one really knows what to do. That's either to me, that's either government intervention or it's just going to decay. Um, TVNZ's made a beautiful product, but it's 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 not really in in their core business, which has always been video. No mention of social, no mention of audio. This was just, it's about putting what you've always done well in a new environment. So I still think that they've got a ways to go in terms of really incorporating um, and emphasizing the whole of what they're doing into an event like this. So the, the, like, let's just talk briefly about the new content. Um, one thing that stuck out in terms of, again, where, where the wind is blowing here, the first item on the press release was about property. This has historically been a place that Three has dominated with um, with the Block franchise. This is the first year without it. They had House Rules. House Rules was apparently great. Uh, it also didn't rate like the Block, and it feels like there's an opening there. And TVNZ, as well as being this lovely public-spirited place that wants to tell stories that nourish this country, is also a stone-cold killer of a commercial organisation. It sees a weakness in its rival, and it has gone so heavily into property. Uh, we, we saw Phil Spencer, you know, the one of the... The, the greatest presenters in the world, to my mind, of, of Kirsty and Phil fame, of location, 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 and love it or list it fame. He's coming out here to do a show about New Zealand's best homes. I'm sure it'll be lovely. Uh, but they're also doing love it or list it NZ. They're doing my dream green home. They're just doing a lot of property shows. That is, you know, as Bernard Hickey describes New Zealand as this uh, housing market with some other bits tacked on, you never saw that more fully than with all of these shows which are all built around ultimately getting money out of the sort of that giant DIY uh, sort of uh, all the the people who who make their money out of um, doing up building and, and selling homes. Um, including banks, et cetera. Uh, so they're making a really aggressive play there. But on the flip side, in terms of that public-spirited part, I don't recall documentary as ever being as strongly emphasised at uh, at one of these as, as it was this year. There's a six-part revival of Documentary New Zealand, which I think is a, is a you know, that, that's, that's been going a little while, um, 
but that but to put that so high in the mix is interesting. They also have a multi-part docu-series about uh, abuse at Dilworth, which will be harrowing, but is also a very important work. And a series called The Hospital, uh, fronted by or, or following Emma Waipehana, um, you know, a spin-off contributor, fantastic writer and journalist who is also a junior doctor in Middlemore Hospital. This is just there's just more of that in the air than there has been historically. Um, uh, and one more new show I just want to to highlight. James Musterpick was the only kind of non-core TVNZ staffer on stage. Um, he's got a show called. And I think this is the best title of the year. It's called uh, James Muster Pick a New Man for His Mum. He was really funny. He's he's just, you know, you, you sense when a um, talent, and we've known, you know, James through the spinoff since, since he was a teenager, um, when they're really kind of flying, and James is that right now. Uh, so looking forward to that show. They, they showed a clip from it. It looked very, very funny. Uh, features uh, an interview with uh, green with the and uh, where, where James is in the they're both in the bath together and um, he makes his mum get into the shower to it's I'm not explaining that very well it looked really really funny uh, the yeah the, there's a lot of returning shows there wasn't as much international as there typically is obviously the, the in the aftermath of the strikes they're still figuring out how that's going to to sit uh, there's a long section of uh, commercial stuff there. The, uh, you know, sometimes when you're watching this, you're very aware that you're not the audience. So the audience is the advertising industry. They have this big thing about Black Sand, which is TVNZ's very good uh, sort of integrations um, and production division. Um, but, uh, yeah, 90% of media wouldn't even know that exists. Uh, it, one slightly odd note was that one of the people endorsing Black Sand's work was the uh, EECA, which is the people behind the Gen Less campaign that became quite controversial earlier this year for, you know, basically the, the the thesis was that they didn't adequately declare the um the fact that you know some of these these spots on Seven Sharp and Breakfast and so on were sponsored. Uh so and, and that's exactly the kind of um government uh, f- marketing stuff that has been s- that national and active signaled that they are going to slash to the bone. That's also really, when it comes down to it, why uh, or, or a big part of why the uh, this event was so humble compared to last year. Last year we had women walking around in dresses made entirely of champagne flutes. This year there was a very limited number of mimosas. So, you know, that's that's the kind of contrast we're talking about. But the, the government has been a very big participant in advertising markets over the last few years. Uh, the COVID campaign was over $100 million. The um, and, and there's just been a lot of very big, high-profile campaigns that have spent quite a lot of money um, on, on television, on TVNZ demand and that kind of thing. And you can just, you know, if you watch a, a, an ad break or watch the kind of... Uh, ads that come up on on TVNZ Plus, you'll see that if you really think about wh- who the advertiser is, that what they're trying to do, it's much more frequently than has historically been the case. Been the government trying to get you to do something, uh, and that's going away. And you can feel that chill, you know, along with a, 
uh, obviously a very subdued economic environment more broadly, you can feel that chill in the air at an event like this. Um, and, you know, but like I say, at least they're having one. Three, you know, says it's considering how to do these events in a digital first era, which is, you know, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure it's also that these these events cost a lot of money and, um, and everyone's a bit worried about that right now. And that, that's just where we're at as local media. Every time audience moves into a digital space, it moves from being a place where TVNZ can confidently claim like probably, you know, like a third of it um, across all mediums to one where the that's much more likely to be claimed and, and sold through TikTok, YouTube uh, and, and the meta uh, services. And, and that's fine. There's lots of great stuff happens on there, but fundamentally none of them create content themselves. So all of the world that does make content in a professional context, you know, with people who turn up and, and make it for their job, they're threatened by that. And, I don't think there's anyone who in a you know who works at any of these organizations at any senior level who wouldn't in their quiet moments concede that they're not confident about where this is going. You know, media used to grow, our local media used to grow with with GDP. It used to be a very frothy, fun, dynamic, uh, you know, profitable sector. There is no part of it that is, is signaling that now. There are good things happening. NZME shares jumped 8% yesterday after it talked through its digital strategy, which I honestly think is a very good one. And, um, you know, there will be media on the other side of this, but I think there's going to be blood in the water over the next year or two. And, um, you know, that will be something that we have to process as a country. There is just, there is a real move of audience to those platforms, but also I sometimes think it even outpaces where the audience has gone. There's a, you know, the, the thesis that no one watches TV or that all young people are on TikTok. I mean, that might even be true, but they become so powerful that they can sometimes actually outpace reality. And when they do that, they invariably make the products worse you know, like they, 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 they're they just, you're starting to see and really feel the cuts in these these uh, bigger media businesses. And and as a result, you know, you're, you're just, the, the product gets worse. And when the product gets worse, it's easier just to go somewhere else. And whether that's like an international version of the thing, like a, a Netflix or a Guardian, or just a whole new paradigm um, in terms of the user-generated content platforms. Uh, it, it it affects our local media. Maybe that's fine. Maybe that's just natural, natural selection. I don't think it is, and I don't think we're thinking hard enough about what the flow and impacts are. But if you're listening to this podcast and if you have made it through this far, then you'll, that won't be news to you. So um, that's that's my um, wrap on the, the showcase season, as truncated as it was this year. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to it. My huge thanks again to O Media, who, who sponsors this podcast. I'm really, really grateful to them for allowing me the, the time to attend these kind of events and, and, and analyze them for you. Kakite.
That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.